Apply. Now back to Puckett and the Gas Man on Seattle Sports Radio 950 KJR. Entertaining sports talk. Oh, let's hear it. Red Hot Mares back in town. For a nice uh, stretch of ball game starts tonight against the uh, the Angels of Anaheim. Mike Trout. No Otani, though. That's kind of a bummer. No Otani. You see, and they're, they're saying Tommy John surgery maybe for him? For, uh, for Otani's son? I saw Keith Olbermann uh, say, say he quoted somebody saying that, that 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 is becoming the belief and that they're now talking he might miss all of next uh, year. There's nothing official terrible. on that yet. It's it's the baseball rumor mill. But yeah. what, a, what a shame. A bright young star that, that I think, you know, it was easy to say, well, you know, I was bummed mm. he didn't come here. But at some point you go, well, whatever. You know, mm. you want to see the young stars of any sport. Part of me's sports. bummed, but the other part of me is good. Hey, you know what? We're trying to win a division up here. We don't need anybody hey. getting in the way of that. That's our that's our job. That's job one. We've asked uh, people to uh, text them in right now, 49451. It's a GoFundMe page. We want to send the Husky Honk, Softy, Dick Baird, Hugh Millen to Omaha to cover their favorite baseball team, University of Washington Puppy Dogs. Windermere Real Estate North is the first one to check in. They say they oh. may be interested in sponsoring, sending Softy to Omaha. Any idea of how much money it would take? We can get a Winnebago for them and throw some banners on the side of it. Is that there what we said? Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Cause, uh, we're so there. check, write this down, Jackson. you got to keep track of these. Windermere, Windermere North? Real Estate North. Maybe interesting. How much money? I don't know how much I it's going to cost. Yeah, that's a, we'll, we'll be calling you and telling you how much. But, I mean, they're, I would think the Huskies would love to partner with them. See, that's what the Huskies need to do. UW needs to find somebody who's carrying the freight and say, hey, we'll, we'll chip in a yeah, little bit. I don't know if this is from them or someone suggesting this company, I have no idea, but Paulsboro RV. Uh, I think the, I think these guys are from Paulsboro RV. Let the brain, uh, let the uh, the uh, barnstorming tour uh, right. take you there. So maybe right. maybe Paulsboro RV is in. A guy from the two hundred six says, "I fully support giving Softy a one way ticket to Omaha. He'll love it." Can, can I? Hey, say, that's yeah. not the, that's, that's not what we're looking for. That's not right. I'd like to say too that that unlike my my uh, uh, friend Puck here. I am not in favor of sticking these guys in an RV and having them drive twenty five hours. That's the hours. whole. It's a road trip. No, it's no, a thousand no. miles. Now it's problematic. It's it's it's. No. You, get, you need to get them out there. There's an airplane. We're going to fly them out. Well, the here's the thing. I mean, I don't know. Is there a direct Seattle to Omaha? I no, doubt there is gonna, a direct. You're going to have to go to Denver and probably in from that That's way. It'll more work fun to drive. <laughs> yeah, right. Let's uh, let's ask our next guest joining us right now on the world famous Beacon Plumbing Hotline. The one-time voice, I believe, when we used to do these games on college radio, of the Washington State Cougars, Gary Hill Jr., now one of the voices on the Mariners broadcast team, and he's willing to put in $5 for the Softy and the Honks trip to Omaha. Right, Gary? I'll go 10 oh, I will go $10. I'll match it. And there is a direct to Omaha. We could send him directly really? there. How about that? Yes. That's, that? That's a guy Absolutely. who knows. That's a guy who makes I've that know. Are you visiting your other family in Omaha? How do you know there's a direct... <laughs> I did a basketball game there. It was the <laughs> coldest I have ever been in my entire life. Wow. It was freezing. You do? Which won't be a problem this time of year. Yeah. But Who, which, which game did you cover there? Nebraska-Omaha. Seattle U, Nebraska-Omaha. This was a few years ago. Yeah. Was, this the, was this the Gary Hill Invitational, or was this what, does the, <laughs> did the main guy actually make this trip? <laughs> I think he was on that trip. Okay, good. That's good. Well, when he's yeah. on it, he's not really on it. Let's yeah. be let's be, let's yeah. be honest, well, Gary. Yeah, let, let, let. <laughs> He's kind of there. Let me tell you something. That trip to McAllen, Texas, that's an all-day sucker yeah. of a trip, my friend. I'm, oh, how about that one? Oh, that yeah. is an all-day adventure. Yeah. 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 All right, I'm gonna, how was that? I'm gonna, was good. I'm going to start off with your your tweet that I saw early this morning, and then we'll just go from there. This is right from okay. Gary Hill's account. 
Um, Diaz, Edwin Diaz with a one-run lead, 15 saves, an ERA of 1.04, 17 in a third innings pitch, eight hits, two earned runs, four walks, 31 Ks. It took me five and a half years to get out of school, Gary, but I think that's good. I mean, I think that's phenomenal, and I think it's easy to take for granted because he's been so good this year, but, I mean, they are 17-0 and when he is handed a one-run lead. He's blown two of those, but they've come back to win those games. To me, that is amazing. I mean, you, we've talked so much about their one-run wins, but Edwin Diaz is a major reason why that they've won so many of these one-run games. I mean, we've seen it so many times. Even a good closer is going to cough up a lead that's so narrow. I mean, there's so many things that can happen in a one-run game, yet he is able to lock these things away so consistently. It's been amazing. He has been great. He's pitching at an all-star level. He's one of the best closers in the game right now, and he's a big reason why the Mariners are where they are. Keep this in mind, too. He, he has been so good now in his career, which is short, and he's got a, a lot of days in front of him. This guy's already almost two-thirds of the way to Kazuhiro Sasaki's 129 saves total, which leads the, the all-time Mariner leader in saves. So, I mean, we're looking at a guy who, in another about year, if things continue, is going to be there. I know it was amazing the other day when he passed Norm Charlton on the list. Yeah. It's like, it really ran it home like, man, he seems like he just got here. And here he is climbing that ladder, and he will. He'll be at Sasaki in no time at this rate. It's amazing. Uh, again, Gary Hill Jr. is uh, with us, one of the broadcasters for the uh, Mariners. Here's the one thing. You know, you can get caught up in run differential, Gary, and, oh, it's it's not that great compared to some of the other teams, but whatever. At the end of the day, a win is a win. If you win by one run or if you win by ten runs, you, you know, you're winning the game. You know, the one thing that they have been so good at, and I think that they are now doing this on purpose like they did yesterday. They literally <laughs> are addicted to winning one-run games. <laughs> All they want to do is, like, I want to. I don't want to win by two. I don't want to win by three. I want to win by one. They're 21-9. in nine. In those one-run games, and they, uh, I think it was ESPN Stats Info had this, the 21 one-run wins is the most in a team's first 65 games of a season since they started keeping such records uh, in 1908. I mean, I guess I'll ask you the question that none of us know the answer to is, can they sustain this for the rest of the season? I mean, at this pace, I, I don't know if you can play statistically, if you can play this many one-run games, but there are things that are happening that would lead you to believe that, yeah, they're going to keep winning close ball games. One is the back end of the bullpen has been outstanding. And I don't know. I don't know if there's a way to quantify or uh, actually explain what's going on, how you win so many one-run games, but they just continue to do it. I think – the season series against Tampa Bay is the perfect example of what has been going on with this team. They end up 6-1 and one against Tampa Bay this season, and I think they outscored them by three total, yeah. which is remarkable. I don't know. I, I don't know what to say. I mean, I laughed out loud when Tampa scored yesterday, and it's like, here we go, one-run game. Mm -hmm. Obviously, they're going to close it out and win by one run again, and that's exactly what they did. I don't know if you can explain it, but it's sure been a fun ride. It's been great. Gary, I'm not sure how much of a chance you had to, to talk to people afterwards or on the flight home or anything, but what was the deal with Paxton? They said he had, had like a like a, a weird thing. Was it almost like a cramp or something in his arm, some kind of a little strain? They said they they, they massaged it out and everything was fine. He, he kept pitching, so it looks like it's fine. But are, are, is there any uh-oh factor to this, or does it feel like it's There's, not a big deal? The good thing, it doesn't sound like it's a big deal at all. Paxton, yeah, you explained it right. It was kind of a cramp that he got. 
coming out of the ball game in the third inning. He was really unsure in the fourth, which probably explains why Tampa actually got to him in the fourth for a couple of runs. But he said once he let it rip, uh, like midway through the fourth inning, he was like, oh, it's fine. They massaged it out, and he said it was okay. He said it had something to do with the grip on his cutter. Uh, he's going to work on that before his next start, but it doesn't sound like there's any alarm bells at all, which is great because he has been absolutely phenomenal. One of the best pitchers in the American league and dominant again last night. I mean, it's amazing. He wasn't as sharp as we have seen him yet. He still fans 10 in the ball game without a walk. I mean, that is ace level stuff right there. You know, and I think, you know, going back to the, to the one run games here for just a second, it's, I, I think it's twofold. One, they are, they're learning how to win close games. They have yeah. they have now built up this belief in themselves that no matter what the score is as we get late in the game, we, we have this confidence now that we can win a game. That will, if they can continue this gear, and they, let's let's say they get in the postseason, you know, that will be a massive benefit to them because they get into another tighter game at the end of the year. They have now developed this confidence to win a close game. Yeah, and win a game in which they are trailing late. I guess the one negative to would to this would hold would be, would be we can't rely on it. That would be the one thing that if I can think of anything, hey, we just can't rely. Hey, it's the eighth inning, we're down by two, but we'll come back and win. That would be the only one little small thing that could come bite them. Sure, but I mean, I'm with you. A team confidence, a team belief, whatever you want to call it. I mean, that is a huge deal. We've seen that in sports with teams from time to time, and. That's obviously going on with this team. Uh, they never feel they're out of a game. They always feel like they can win a game. But at some point, the conversation about whether it's sustainable is somewhat irrelevant mm-hmm. because these wins are in the bank. It really doesn't matter at this point what happened to get to where you're at. These wins are in the bank. It's about what you do moving forward now. And they've put themselves in a position where they don't have to sustain that moving forward. They can play 500 the rest of the way and still possibly get into the postseason. If they're better than that, they're going to make it really tough on the teams behind them trying to get into the postseason. Of course, they're battling for Houston to get uh, the division title, and they're going to have to play great the rest of the way to do that. But, you know, at some point, the conversation about whether they can keep it going or not, it's irrelevant. Those wins are done. They are, and it's it's fun right now to be a, a sunny optimist and a glass-half-full guy, and that's that's me by nature. All that said... One little concern from the weekend, after what was unquestionably his best performance of the year, Felix came out and, and threw mm-hmm. out maybe his worst performance of the year, and you continues to be, I don't know if it's a work in progress, or are we watching the slow end of a brilliant career, but but there's got to be some concern there. What was the chatter around Felix uh, after Saturday and into Sunday? Yeah, I'm with you. I'm I'm optimistic on this thing, too. I hope it's a, a work in progress. And I know it was disappointing coming off that start against Tampa Bay because it really looked like he turned a corner. He was great in that start. Uh, he felt okay about the start against Tampa Bay last time. It, it's been interesting to hear Mel Stottlemyre Jr. talk about it, and they're just going to continue to go to work because I continue to believe that they're going to need him at some point this season. I mean, they're, they've had – the rotation has been so good, up and down. You look at the four guys right now, and they're all rolling, whether it's Paxton or Gonzalez or Leak, LeBlanc, of course, who goes tonight. They've all been so good. At some point, I just feel like they're going to need Felix. They're going to need him to figure it out and give them innings. And I know he's working on a ton of stuff. Uh, I know Mel Stoudemire Jr. is putting in a ton of work as well, and 
for the Mariners' postseason hopes. I hope they get it figured out because I, I feel like they're going to need it. Yeah, I wonder if we find ourselves in a situation uh, like Nicasio where he's uh, where Felix is going to need some uh, water drained from his knee soon. Uh, <laughs> we'll see. I you mean, know what I mean, I mean, just to see. Hey, you know, we, we need to fix something with him. You know, hey, maybe you're, you know, maybe we shut you down for a little bit and we'll, we'll work on it and then you, you come back. I, I don't know because it's, you're right, Gary. It's, it just hasn't been good. I mean, you take away that one game that he had against Tampa Bay. You know, he, he hasn't been right for, you know, since the end of April. I mean, his May was, was terrible. I mean, for the most part, he's walking guys all over the place and, you know, minus that, that start back on June 30 just hasn't been, hasn't been the, uh, the same Felix that we've grown accustomed to. He's had some flashes that give you some optimism, especially with the breaking stuff. Indeed, his secondary yeah. stuff, and Mel Sotomayor Jr. was talking about that yesterday. His secondary stuff is still amongst the best there is around. He can still get outs with it, and maybe that's part of what they need to do moving forward is maybe lean on that uh, more heavily. He did against Tampa Bay two starts ago, and maybe that's one of the approaches moving mm-hmm. forward. Maybe it's not such a physical thing. Maybe it's a mental thing as well. Uh, Gary, talk a little bit about uh, Denard Span and what he's brought to this team. There's, you know, here's another example, and you know, Depoto was taking some heat during the off season. You know, the national thing was, hey, they've made 200 trades and they've turned a 500 team into a 500 team. That was one of the joke lines that was kind of going around baseball. And you know, you want to be careful. We don't necessarily want to put him up on a pedestal yet, but. He, you know, he has stayed true to his vision, and then they, you know, they've had so many things happen. It's astonishing to me they're so good with all the problems they've had. And he went out and pulled this deal off, and here comes a guy who I think he's hitting three fifteen since they got him. He's been pretty steady. You, you know, that it, it looks like a pickpocket job that they got this guy. No, and to your point, I think if you would have said the Mariners would be in first place in the West at this point of the season, you would assume that everything would have gone perfectly to this point, right. and it definitely has not. So I think we have to give uh, Jerry DePoto and the coaching staff a ton of credit for getting them to where they are right now. And I agree. I love that trade. And I'll call them I struggled in a couple games against Tampa Bay. I, I was hoping they'd get a right-handed flamethrower at some point to replace Phelps. I did not envision them getting such an established guy. I mean, Colome, his resume is awfully impressive. Span in the mix as well. He does so many things for this team. A veteran guy that's been to the postseason before. He has been great so far, uh, hitting for high average, hitting for power as well, a couple of long balls, a steady veteran presence, and also adding, I think, some much-needed depth. He's given Scott Service a lot of options. He can give Heredia a day when he needs to. He can give Hanniger a day when he needs to. He's switching out Gamble and Span. They're staying fresh as well. It just gives Scott Service a ton of options. He is a great guy to have around, and I'm with you. I think the trade is spectacular, especially when you consider it happened in May. I mean, think about how long they'll have these guys to contribute. Yeah, and they and they can add somebody later. I mean, that, that's the other thing. Good, exactly. good thing about it too yeah. is that he struck early, and then that doesn't close the door on him adding someone here. You know, in the next few weeks, or when we get to the actual the actual deadline, it, they're not going to win or lose a playoff spot. You know, here in these next thirteen games, but I I think it's because again the baseball season's long, so they can always make mm-hmm. this up, and they've allowed themselves this great flexibility in their in their schedule, as you mentioned earlier, to kind of play five hundred ball and. Hell, if they play 500 ball, what do they get to? Like, isn't it like 90 wins? Something yeah, like that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, a, it's amazing. Plus, yeah. 
Yeah, but but, it really I, is. but I'm excited about these next 13 when you compare it to what Houston has for their next 12. Because we're, you're going to kind of see now. Because everyone is, is has not complained, but has brought up the fact, hey, they're beating up on teams that aren't very good. Well, they're just beating up on the teams that are on their schedule. But yeah, their schedule gets tougher the next the next thirteen. They got three with the Angels, which starts tonight. Then you got four with Boston, and then you get uh, no. Excuse me, what am I? I'm looking. Uh, yeah, three with the Yankees, three with the Angels, seven with the Red Sox, and then the next twelve games for Houston. It's Oakland for three, Tampa Bay three, Kansas City six. So clearly, obviously, Seattle has a tougher stretch of games coming up. I'm just excited, Gary, because I, I want to see where they stack up against these squads. No, I'm really excited, too. And for baseball fans, I think the seven games, particularly at home coming up starting tonight, is going to be awesome. I mean, here we are in June. The Mariners are in first place in the division. The Angels are rolling in. And the Angels, you know, despite the losses, losing Otani, which is bad for them and I think bad for the game as well, but he sounds like he's going to be out for a while. Uh, Simmons on the DL as well, but they're still playing great. Uh, Boston, they've been tremendous this this season. Although it's funny because uh, I've heard so much about the Mariners' schedule, I don't think people quite realize. As of a few days ago, the Red Sox were only twelve and ten against teams above five hundred. They've really just steamrolled their schedule as well. Teams below five hundred, they haven't been challenged a ton as well. Not taking anything away from them because I think the Red Sox are really really good and clearly one of the best teams in baseball. But I think. That is going to be a great four-game series between the Mariners and Boston. I, I'm just really looking forward to this homestand. I mean, this is going to be awesome. The Mariners are right there playing two good teams. I'm with you. It's going to be fun. And it's uh, for the people that want to get caught up in who they're playing, you know, give me a break, man. Maybe if the Mariners had been to the postseason 10 of the last 15 years, <laughs> we could have – let's just enjoy some of what's happened. Yes. Try not to find what you what you perceive as a negative. I mean, they've also played this schedule without, you know, a lot of the weapons they thought they'd have. And, I, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm – it, it's exciting to me. When, when Puck and I, we, I – I started on this show on March 26th. We're about a week for – or three days before opening day. And we're saying, God, wouldn't it be something – if the M's can be fun for a while and give us something to talk about, and now all of a sudden it's it's more and it's it's bigger than that, and and Gary, we'll we'll see if they can make it last. But for now, yeah, hang on and enjoy the ride, man. I mean, I think so. I mean, we've been around for a long time. We've these years don't come around all that often, where you have years where a team really pops early and and captures your imagination. And I feel like that's what this team is doing, and not just winning, which is great. They've been a really fun team to watch, and the way they've gone about it, the dramatic wins, and guys that are easy to root for. I mean, watching D. Gordon every day has been phenomenal, and Gene Segura is so much fun on a daily basis. Nelson Cruz so easy to root for. It's just one guy after another in that clubhouse, easy to root for, and to watch them come together and do what they're doing has been so much fun. And I'm with you. I mean, this is a ride you should just enjoy, and hopefully they ride – this thing out all the way to the postseason. Gary, I, I know it's been a long road trip. Uh, you guys just got back, uh, what, probably late last night, early this morning. Yeah, get, late last night. Yeah, yep, get, yep, yep. get some rest. Get ready. We'll see you down at the ballpark today. Thanks a lot, guys. Great to talk to you. See you soon. There he is. Uh, Gary Hill, Jr., broadcaster for the Seattle Mariners. They start their, their homestand tonight. Three games against the Angels. No Otani. 